0: Father, we love you so much, and we're uh, beyond, beyond grateful um, that, that we were chosen. And, Lord, what you say is you didn't just choose us in this life. You didn't just wait until we were born and somewhere along the way kind of put your finger on us and say, I, I choose you. Actually, Lord, what you tell us, the truth is, is that you chose us before you created any of this earth um, that we were already a part of your heart, we were already a piece of your heart way back then, and that there was a time in which you said that we would, um, that you had in mind for us to be born on the earth. Thank you, God, that there is no person here, here today, or those even listening later on podcast, no one who is a mistake. Uh, it doesn't matter if there were if 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 there were parents that were surprised or. Uh, even ones that that uh, abandoned any of us in this room. The reality is, God, um, you've never abandoned us. We were always wanted, and we were wanted long before we actually became a, a human being in this in this earthly form. God, that's something our brains can't really wrap their minds around, but it's just true. It, it helps us to know that that we belong, that we're wanted at the deepest level. That's what we each need to know. So thank you, and I am praying, God, tenderize our hearts tonight. I've been praying this over and over from my own heart. I just want to be more and more tender. I want to, God, I want to, um, I want to cry more. I know that sounds like such a, a weird prayer at first, but it's true. I I love crying when it's because I'm feeling so close to you. I, I love that feeling, and um, I'm asking for that, even some tears tonight uh, for me, for others. But as the days and weeks and months go on, that there will be more and more tears as our hearts are tenderized by your, by your sweet embrace, by your choice of, of us, each one of us, to be, to be your child, to be wanted. So thank you, God. We love you. We pray open heavens right now over us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That was good right there. Okay, I think I'm done. Oh, no, okay. Just, but really, that was... We could just end right there. Um, for about the last month or so, I don't know, several weeks to a month, I've been... God keeps drawing me back again and again to 1 John, who is the same author, by the way, as the book of John, which is one of the 12 disciples, one of the apostles, uh, if you read the book of John, he's the one who describes himself as the one whom Jesus loved, which on first glance, you might think that's a little prideful, but actually it's not. The Lord would love each one of you in this room daily to say, I'm the one, I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the one that the Father loves. It's actually a huge part of your identity. And uh, and John got it. He's, the, he's really really known as the apostle of love. And um, this book was written uh, much later in his life. They, they, they think, you know, maybe around 80, 85 or so. So that would be, I don't know, approximately, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but 50, 60 years, you know, after Jesus died. And so he by this time he's he's much further along in life. And the reason why that's so significant is he already had these encounters with Jesus, which we're going to read about. But then he had a whole lifetime. How many of you know it takes a lifetime for God to work in our hearts and to soften our hearts? And, and a lot of times through the really difficult trying things we go through, and, uh, to, to for our hearts to be really tenderized, for us to know what life's about, for us to realize that re- that life is really all about learning to love well. And so John's on kind of the other end of life's path, you know, Getting towards the end, and he's like, "These are some things I really want you to know." In fact, it's interesting because most letters in the New Testament they're written to a certain group or a certain church, you know, area. Not this one. Paul's like, "No, you could tell by his writing; he has a lot of authority. You could just tell by his writing." In other words, he's writing to people who are really going to listen to what he says, and he knows he has that kind of authority with them. But he's he's writing to all y'all. He wants to make sure that everybody gets um, just how amazing and good Jesus is, and And this book has a lot of, um, I would, several themes to it, Uh, of course, um, that God is love. This is the place you see over and over again in his writings, God is love, he is love. Not just that he loves us, which he does with all of his heart, but that he is love, which means there's nothing he can do outside of love. Everything is motivated out of love. That's a huge theme. Another big theme is, is walking in the light, as you see there. Um, over and over again and we 're going to talk about the tonight he 's talking about walk in the light he gives an invitation and and the but the third interesting another a third one i 'm not saying there 's only three but three that really stand out a lot a third one is he talks about i 've written this to you so that you won 't sin which which might which which at first you know, when you think about, okay, God is love, he's love, John's all about love, and we're going to walk in the light. And then to have that be a theme, he hits that, I don't know, well over a dozen times. He says, I've written this to you so you won't sin. And you start thinking, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about love, not 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 sin. And you'll start to see with this with this apostle who was so wrapped up in love and so consumed by the light of Jesus, for him, the way he sees it is, there's just a stark contrast that if you're going to be in the love and if you're going to walk in the light, this part of, of sin, of doing things that, that's all about darkness, it's not even who you are. That's really how he shares this over and over again. So if, if you don't know his heart, you could read some of these passages and start wondering, am I even saved? If I sin, am I even saved? I'm not going to go over all those passages, but I'm just telling you there are parts of it that kind of feel that way. All he's saying is, look, the more that you, get, that you get enamored by and drawn in by the love, the more this part, that walking in darkness, has nothing to do with you. What he is saying in many passages is, if you persist, habitual, like you, you, you want to go in darkness and you, and you don't think there's anything wrong with it, but you're calling yourself a follower of Jesus, John's saying, mm, I don't think you're being very truthful. That's really what he's saying. I, in other words, another way of saying it is, I don't think you met the real Jesus yet. Because you would be falling in love with him in this part of your life. Yes, all of us at times make poor choices. All of us at times can go back to something of the old, something in the dark realm that isn't who we are. We all can do that. And Paul's not, uh, uh, John is not saying that makes you unsaved. He's saying... The more you fall in love with Jesus, this this darkness has less and less to do with you. It's not your identity anymore, okay? So those are kind of the major themes, um, but 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 mainly what I've been, um, the reason why I've just been going into this, into First John over and over is because I've been praying that prayer, God tenderize my heart, tenderize my heart, and I have been just crying a lot more. Uh, I'll, I'll get on the piano and just uh, play a couple keys and sing my own song, and the next thing you know... You know, just weeping because um, because he's so good, because he loves me. And and this, um, so I want to go through this, and that's why I pray that God would tenderize our hearts. I'm really praying that right now. And that we catch, I was even asking earlier, and I, I'm praying again right now, that we would actually catch the spirit of John as he meant these words to impact us. Like just inviting his, that sweet spirit of who he was and still is in heaven just the words, the way he meant them to come and penetrate our hearts. So here we go right from the beginning. And this this is the picture um, of Jesus that uh, Chuck used it last week. It's uh, from Akiani, if you, don't, if you don't know where this picture comes from. Uh, a, a girl who's been taken to heaven many times, like in the spirit. And she's talked with Jesus and had all kinds of conversations with him. And she's an amazing artist. And so this was her drawing of of the man that she met. And But this is back to John, John uh, 1, one, and this is in the Passion Translation. Try to understand, as I said, here's John at the end of his life, and he's trying to convince all of you of how good this really is, how good this man really is. He says, we saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed on him, and we heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. The one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God, or many of your scriptures will say the word, the logos, the very expression of God. We touched him. That word for touch, it, this is fascinating. It comes, there's, it's a verb, obviously, but it's a sensory verb. This doesn't make sense in our English, but it, it, does, it makes sense in the Greek. But it means to pluck the strings of an instrument. It also can be translated to feel, so it's like John was saying we we were plucking the strings of his heart, and we were we were feeling what was motivating him. These words, all the commentators will tell you, especially these first this first chapter, I mean each word, each sentence in each word is power packed. like he chose really specific words at the end of his life to paint this picture. He's like. This is a man you, you really want to know. And then he goes on. This is verse 2. This life giver was made visible and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. Now, I, I was at a meeting recently with Baxter Kruger. I heard him on. Um, undo this whole passage you know in a wonderful way, just just show us all the the Greek prefixes and roots and everything and that that word it 's a little prefix that that literally means towards each other like it it just was it wasn 't just that Jesus and God were together forever, that they knew each other forever or with each other it 's that they were face to face, they were actually towards each other and and it's now dawned upon us now, and now that gift has been given to us. Now, face to face with the Father. There are, there are some scriptures that would seem to indicate that if we look upon the face of God, we wouldn't survive. I, I know those. And can I tell you, that's not the full story. Um, I, I, I would want to pull out, I know, but I can't remember where it is in the scriptures. But Moses and the elders, I can tell you about it. It's in the first five books of the Bible. But it's about as quick close as I can get right at the moment. Not Genesis. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Moses went up with the elders, it says, and they gazed on God. It says it right there. And that's Old Covenant. So I'm telling you, it's exactly what it says. Moses and the elders went up on the mountain and they gazed on God. It wasn't just Moses, it was the elders too. They gazed on him. Now we're in Christ. We have Jesus. We're one with Jesus who is face to face with the Father. Where does that put us? Face to face. That's what we've been given. Now, if you had a father who, who didn't have time for you, if you had a father who abandoned you, if you had a father who really didn't see you for who you really were, I want to tell you our father in heaven is nothing like that. He's not like that father. This is a father who wants you. This is a father who likes you. This is a father who has plans and dreams for you. This is a father who runs with you and cheers you on the entire time. This is this is your father in heaven. This is the one Jesus says, this is my dad who you have to know, and, and, uh, I'm, he, and he's the one that invites us into this face-to-face intimacy with God. Now, I wanna, I'm going to uh, read something to you. Um, this is actually something I wrote <laughs> earlier today, but I wanted to read it to you only because, because I actually want to make sure I get it right, because I something just gripped me today, and it's this. Jesus didn't die on the cross primarily to save you from your sins. I'm just going to let that... Some of you are going, okay, do I need to like, step out of the church now? Is this one of those heretical churches? No. No, he absolutely died to save you from your sins. I, I agree with that statement. But I'm saying that's not the primary reason he died for you. That was necessary to be sure. But it was necessary for a greater purpose. Jesus died on the cross... So that you could have face-to-face intimacy with your heavenly Father in the same way that he does. That's why he died on the cross for you. It was absolutely necessary that that the problem of of sin, the problem of darkness in a God, as we're going to see in a moment, who has no darkness at all, had to happen. But I'm telling you the why. I'm telling you the why. Why? Because so often when we make it all about sin, even when we agree Jesus died for me, I'm forgiven, but we make it all about that that's the main goal, we're still checking ourselves out all the time, wondering, have I sinned too much? Am I doing good enough? We've 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 exchanged, you know, something we've 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 lost the best thing, which is which is Jesus did that to give us intimacy all the time with a father who says you get to run. You get to run into into my arms all the time. And you know what? Um, This is a different way of saying that. Anything less than that, anything, I'm going to say it this way, anything less than face-to-face intimacy with the Father is a downgrade from what Jesus paid for for you to have. And if you're thinking, you know, darn it, I don't feel like I have that. What's wrong with me? Don't go there. (laughs) Don't go there. That's still the enemy talking. It, it's, it's simpler than you know. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons we miss it. Because as Susan just said earlier, we make it about our soul. We try to figure it out. If only I, you know, if I just memorize these verses, if I just read that book, if I just, if I just, if I just, then I'll get it. As opposed to saying, wait a minute. And this comes as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Any of those aha moments is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Who says to you, there is nothing you have to do except agree? My daddy loves me. He wants face to face connection with me. Um, and so, but, but since most of us in this room have not yet laid our eyes on the Father, we say, well, what does that look like? Well, that's why, that's why God came as a person to give us a face to say, this is the Father through Jesus is saying, this is how kind I really am. This is how tender I really am. This is how loving I really am. And so face-to-face means we're not hiding. Remember, I heard this just a few weeks ago, and I think at the conference, a family conference. But anyway, we're not hiding, which is Adam and Eve, when, when, when Adam sinned, and then God says, where are you? It's not that God didn't know where Adam was. It's that they had a face-to-face relationship, and suddenly Adam's hiding. Who is it that's seeking him out? Papa. Adam, where are you? Why did you go away? We had something really special. What happened? Why do you feel like you need to hide? What happened? And so Jesus broke the shame of sin so that we don't have to run away in the garden anymore. Ever now not someday in heaven now but what's the secret the secret is you come with an open heart and you just if all Adam had to do was say Papa I made a mistake wouldn't that be interesting I wonder what would have happened I don't know but I'm saying that's all he needed to do and that's the same with us so in other words don't focus on what you're doing wrong have I sinned too many times just Papa I don't know what I was doing over there because that's not who I am would you take a look at my heart? Help me see what I can't see. That's face to face. That means you're not running. And then it's just going to get better and better from there. So here we go. Next, next verse. This is just the first two verses. is this amazing? So... John's saying to us, So we proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard about this life giver, so that we may share and enjoy this life together. He's talking about all of us. He's talking about with the Father, with Jesus, which we're going to see in a minute. But he's also talking about all of us. And that and that enjoying life together, and our and the next line where it says, truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son, Jesus, the anointed one. So that word for doing life together and fellowship is koinonia, which many of you know that term. But thats it's a word, we often call it fellowship, but it's so much deeper than that. It's, it's about sh- having a shared reality. It's about doing life together with a shared reality, only it's Papa's reality. It's the one that's in the light, not the one that's in the darkness. Because the darkness keeps creating all kinds of havoc and problems and the darkness, you know, it isn't just, you know, super ho- horrific things, murder and other things that we might think are on that scale, whatever that would look like to each one of us. But it's also just things like like um, offense. It's things like unforgiveness and bitterness. It's, it, I, you know, I'm going to cut off. I won't work it out. That's, that's still wandering over here in the dark realm. And the Lord says, wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather walk in the light? Because if you will... You get to share and enjoy this life together. For truly our fellowship is with the Father. He starts with the Father. So John is all about telling you about Jesus in this book mostly. Mostly it's about telling you about, about Jesus. But, but make no mistake, he's, he's leading you to the Father. Because that's what Jesus was always doing. Remember? Jesus was always leading us to the Father. I'm the way to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. But he also knew people needed to see and feel and taste and touch. And what does Papa look like? Well, he looks like me. He looks a little bit like me. But he's the one you want to go to. And believe it or not, Christians means little Christ ones. Did you know that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm not stretching anything here. This is all Scripture. For many people for, who don't know the Lord, you're, you're the first view of him they're going to see. And you might be thinking, oh, 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 I'm not up for that task. Somebody else. Who's next in line? Anybody? Uh, no, he picked you. And, and so, how, well, then how do you reflect him? Gaze at him more. Step into the light more. How do you do that? Well, we did it tonight. One of the ways is worship. You know, most of you, a couple things happen in worship. As you're talking, singing, declaring truth to Him, something changes inside of you. You know, any of the things that you felt a little hopeless or discouraged, they start to leave. But also, I'll tell you what else happens in worship. If you're anything like me, and that is anything in your heart that's not quite right, it almost seems like He starts working on those things, and you're like, "Ah, what a bummer! Not now. I'm trying to worship." Right? But he does it like, yeah, you know that thing you have with so-and-so you need to work out? Yeah. He'll start doing that in the middle of worship. Like he's, you know, he's kind of interrupting. Lord, I'm trying to worship you. Stop interrupting me. He's like, yeah, but I'm bringing you into the light. You're, you're drawing into the light. And when you get drawn into the light, as worship will do, guess what starts showing up? Anything that's not light. He's like, wouldn't you rather let that go? Wouldn't you rather Forgive? Wouldn't you get rather release? Wouldn't you rather? Hey, <sighs> <Okay>, that's good. <laughs> so, koinonia, a shared reality, but it's his, his reality. And it goes on. Here we go. Verse 4 and 5. Still, still chapter 1. We are writing these things to you because we want to release you to our fullness of joy. I love every week, you know, all the different songs we sing, Todd. Todd tonight and other worship leaders, they don't know what I'm preaching because I don't tell them ahead of time. But man, we sang songs like this and we sang songs about light, several songs at the end about light. Um, we want to release. He's like, we got all this joy welled up. You know why? Oh, because we keep, we're just going into the light and it's so good. And the further in we go, the better it gets. But you know what? The better it gets, the more we can't keep it to ourselves because you guys need this. And, and this is the way we have to see those also that don't have the light of Christ rather than, oh, those evil people, they you know. No, 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 no. Just, just I'm full of joy. I can see you're kind of miserable because you don't, you don't really know the joy I have. i got to share this with you. This is the life-giving message we heard from him, that we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. Remember the plucking the strings? It's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light you will never find even a trace of darkness in him they're saying john's saying in this in this uh, passage that jesus said these words even though we don't read them in the gospels don't let that trouble you remember the last i think it was the last sentence in the book of john where he says if we wrote everything about jesus it would be you know the volumes would take up however much space in other words, what we have of Jesus is just snippets, and it doesn't mean that's all he said. So clearly, one of the things that he said was, to them was, God is pure light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Completely pure. Um, this, diamonds, most of you, I'm sure, know this, but you, there's a lot of different reasons for how much you pay for a diamond, Um, I'm talking about real diamonds also, right? But uh, size is one, how many carats for sure. Uh, The cut of the diamond, that kind of thing. But one of the things you pay the most for is how pure is it? How pure is this diamond? And the ones that are, there's, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I just looked this up. I'm not like a diamond expert by any means, but I learned that there's a whole lot of grades of diamonds. You know, I saw about five of them or so, you know, and then, and then you get up to flawless, and flawless is where the price goes through the roof. So much so that most stores won't even carry flawless diamonds because the niche is so small of those who would actually pay that kind of money for a diamond that's, that's uh, so pure. It's, it's not worth it to them to take the risk. But I'm telling you, this is the pureness. This is the pureness of God. And, he, and it's displayed in creation. Here's another one. Um, Lake Tahoe, ever been there? One of our favorite places to go. Did you know it is ninety nine point nine nine four percent pure? It's one of the reasons why it it is it is pristine. It is crystal clear. There are so many other fun, amazing facts about this lake which I won't tell you about because that'd take me another fifteen minutes. But um, but one of the things it is is pure. It is pure. And, and uh, when we go there, it's so inviting. Like, I love walking into a pure lake. However, I grew up, my, my grandparents lived in Pleasant Lake, Michigan. And let me tell you, that lake wasn't very pleasant. It was, it was actually a much, it was small. But it was one of those where when you put your foot in, you know, the mud squished through and then green stuff kind of like this. And you're like, do I really want to go in that water? I really don't. There is something inviting about pureness. And, and uh, one of the things that caused me to cry recently was just this thought that uh, our, because our Heavenly Father is 100% pure, this is the reason why we can trust him. And, like, it just never hit me so strong. Why can we trust him? Because, because there is no ability to have any darkness, any dark thoughts, any, anything that you would consider darkness, he can't go there. It makes him entirely safe. Such things as, and, and, you know, I thought, well, okay, what does this look like, Brent? Right? Well, things like um, he cannot and will not. I say this. I say he cannot because he's light. He has no darkness. So, therefore, he can't do these things. But, therefore, he also will not do these things. He won't cut you off. He won't think poorly of you. These are things he cannot and will not do. He won't blame you. He won't shame you. He won't lie about you. I used some of these. I think there's one more. Maybe not. No, yeah. He won't hate you. Um, I used some of these because I thought, okay, how do I make this more real to you? Like, what does this look like that he has no darkness? Why, why you can trust him? But also because anybody in this room, you've experienced this kind of pain. People have done these things to you. And therefore, we we kind of translate over to God and say, well, maybe he's got the capacity to do this too. But he doesn't. He doesn't have the capacity to do these things. He cannot. He is love. He cannot. So what, what does he do? Well, let's see. Papa God, he chose you to be his own child. He wants to be with you. He calls you royalty. Nabil hit on this several weeks ago, because he comes from Jordan, where royalty is a real thing, and they understand royalty. I, I want to share a story with you here. Um, we are called—you understand—we're we're, often we use the term we're princes and princesses because we're children of the king, and that's true. But also, the scriptures call us kings and queens. We are kings and queens. Um I don't, even if you're not sure what to do with it that doesn't change the fact that that's what you're called that's what the Lord calls you. So um several many years back a few of you were even in the room with me we had a leadership team meeting. And um we were in the middle of worship and and suddenly I kind of turned away from the group and suddenly I just got I got pulled into this place um uh, pulled into heaven is where I was pulled into and I saw I saw Jesus. And um, instantly, the first thing was, kind of the woe is me. Like I, I know, you know what I'm made of. I, you are holy. You're perfect. You're perfect. So the next thing I did was I got down on my knees. I mean, I really did in in the natural as well. As I'm as I'm still, my eyes are closed. I'm still in this place in heaven, and I I literally just took my um, my crown off and laid it at his laid it down at his feet. And the next thing that happened was it was just uh, life-changing. It was astounding and life-changing. Jesus walked over, and he picked up the crown, and he put it back on my head. And the next thing he did is he took me, he said, he said stand with me. And as, as he pulled me up, he said to me, I want you to see, as I'm pulling you up now, you, you're going to start seeing things in a whole different realm of love. And see... So you being broken and still making mistakes, still sometimes choosing darkness, doesn't disqualify you from who Jesus says you are. It doesn't. It's actually the thing that qualifies you to walk up to anybody and tell them the good news. Because we all know, we all have that same feeling of who am I. You know, at some point when he really, when he really approaches us and we see him face to face, there's that thing in us that says, who am I? He says, and he says to us, you're who I say you are. You are who I say you are. You are kings and queens in my kingdom. Only it's not a kingdom that's going to be advanced by force or hatred or war. It's a kingdom that's going to be advanced by love and by showing honor. He empowers you and he trusts you. That was years ago. That one just blew me away. He trusts me. Like, I don't trust me, you know? I know well, there's other people that don't trust me for certain things. He, you know what I'm saying? We all know what we're made of. We're like, what? And and again, these, this is all scripture. I could show you scriptures on all these, but I'm saying he actually trusts you. Now, I, he's kind of sneaky, so... <laughs> He trusts you because he already knows he put himself inside of you. (laughs) He's got a very vested interest in your outcome. (laughs) He says, let me, let me, yeah, this is not all on you. If it was, that might be a different story, but, but I know where I'm taking you. So I trust you to represent me well. Do you remember the, the prodigal son and the, the robe and the, the ring, right? And the sandals. That was all about being sons and daughters of righteousness, holiness, but the ring especially, that was about authority. He's like, I give you authority to represent me on the earth. That ring has his stamp on it. And it's on your finger. If that, see, if that doesn't make you want to walk in more into the light, I don't know what will. <laughs> Lord, I need, I need more of the light. I need more of the light to be able to represent you well. And really, that's, if, you, if you get down to the nutshell of what John's saying in this First John book, that's what he's saying. He's saying, get into the light. Step into the light more, 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 and you will walk away from the darkness. He loves you every moment of every day. Now, back to, uh, back to the last two verses, I believe, in the first chapter. It says, if we claim that we share life with him, I mentioned this before, right? But if, but if we keep walking in the realm of darkness then we're fooling ourselves and we're not living the truth. We're not living the truth. He doesn't say you're not saved. He says you're not living the truth. You're fooling yourself. And that doesn't mean to beat yourself up. It doesn't mean, um, it doesn't even really mean to once more say, you know, Jesus, I believe you're my Lord and Savior so that I won't go to hell. That, that's, that's great, but, but he already is your Lord. What it means is you, you open your heart up again. And you say, Lord, I don't know why I'm wandering in dark places, because that's not what I'm made for. What's going on inside of my heart? That's face to face. Do you see the difference? Religion tells you, you know, come over here, beat yourself, tell yourself how horrible you are, and maybe, maybe God will, you know, maybe he'll, he'll have some mercy on you. That's religion. God already has given you mercy. He says, but if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. So someone here might say, well, see, it says right there, we can can break our fellowship. Yes, we can, but not because he has gone anywhere. He has not gone anywhere. If you choose to walk in darkness, he does not suddenly run away from you. Remember, Adam, where are you? He comes after you all the time. So why is the fellowship broken? Because you're, not, you're actually not operating in his realm anymore. You're not sharing his reality. You're going back to a false reality that's not you anymore. And it's why you feel things like shame. But I'm telling you, the Father is not shaming you. The Father is saying, come here, come into the light. Let me tell you who you are. And the more we open our heart, and he's going to, I, I, I know this is true. Um, i trying to think of where I first heard it, but it doesn't matter. Every one of us in this room, we only know what the Lord shows us. We don't know what we don't know about ourselves and about other people. We only know what the Lord shows us. And I'm telling you that because, as you open up your heart more and as he tells you, shows you more, your response is important. Like before you knew that, you might not even know, why am I doing things that aren't, I don't know? And God says, yeah, but let me show you what's going on. Let me show you that it actually goes back to maybe ways that you were abused. Or maybe, you know, there's all kinds of things it could go back to. Once he starts showing you those things, that's not in order for you to fix yourself. That's in order for you to say, Thank you, Papa, for showing me. I give you my heart. Would you heal that place? And show me if there's anything you want me to do in the process. Do I need to forgive someone? Do I need to release something? See, that's the way the kingdom works. It's not about you cleaning yourself up because you can't. But as he shows you something, now now in order for you to experience, and this is what he does. He gets us, he t- we get to taste more and more of intimacy so that when we don't have it, suddenly we're not okay with that anymore. When we're far from God and we're not tasting much intimacy, we, we can get kind of mired in all kinds of stuff. But the more we taste and, and enjoy the intimacy, the more we want it. And see, that's his that's his pull. And he, he's doing it on purpose. So that so that we barely you know ever go to the to, to things that are dark before we run back to Papa. It's just the way the it's the way it works, it's the way of the kingdom. Now, now I'm going to jump two chapters ahead. I only have a couple more verses to go because really I want us to, um, to soak in this. We're going to take communion together in just, just a few minutes. So this is now, he j- jumping ahead of two chapters, John says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children when? Right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, or some of your scriptures will say when Christ is finally made visible, we will be just like him, for we will see him as he truly is. full of light, pure, there's going to come a day when you're going to gaze on him, and instantly you're going to realize you're, glow, you're glowing, you have the same glory, you have the same purity, you have the same brightness. I just read a book on heaven, there, there are no impurities in heaven, which is why the, the person that was there was talking about the streets of gold and said, yeah, they're gold, but they're transparent gold, they're, because there's no impurity. That's actually what makes gold solid, is because of the impurities in it. Did you know that? See, in heaven, no, no impurities, but but the most pure one of all, the, the one we reflect in his glory, Jesus, who perfectly reflects the Father, which means you will perfectly reflect Jesus and the Father. The moment you see him, you will realize, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm reflecting the very same glory. But but lest you think that it's an all, like it all happens at once, um, Interestingly, John was actually kind of writing against this. I won't go into the, all the history of it, but there was, a, there was a, something called Gnosticism, which was a belief that, that the spirit was good, but all matter was evil, including this body of ours. In other words, we're just here doing the best we can, but we don't really have a choice because it's all evil anyway. And then one day we'll be rescued from all of this, right? But that's actually not what the scripture teaches at all. It says it all the time. From glory to glory to glory. You are looking more and more like Jesus all the time. Which means you're reflecting his love. You're forgiving faster. You're, you're choosing life. You're choosing to be good to yourself the way he says to. You. You're choosing to love yourself the way he loves you. By your choices. And you're doing that all the time. So it's not like you're going from being this just horrible person to all of a sudden filled with glory. No, actually... Do, 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 do. That's where it's going. That's where this is heading. (sighs) And the very next passage, everyone who sets their hope on Jesus purifies themselves just as he is pure. This is the scripture that just gripped me. I mean, just gripped me. I would read this one verse and just start crying. And I didn't even know why. Has that ever happened to you? I don't even know why I'm crying. This just this verse is doing something to me. And it was never this verse before. Like I've, I've read, you know, 1 John and 1 John 3.1, where we're the father's children. But all of a sudden it was this verse that was just wrecking me. I'm like, what is going on? And he, he, that was when he started talking to me about everything I've been telling you, which is the more you look at me and see my purity, it filters It filters right in. This, let me tell you what this verse is not saying. It's not saying, Jesus, I want to be like you, so I'm going to purify myself. I'm going to do everything I can do to make myself pure. Well, that does not work. This is saying everyone who sets their hope on the, the hope of glory inside of you, Jesus, the more you set your sights and your hope on what he is doing in you, that is the very thing that is purifying you. It's him who's purifying you. Which means the more you gaze at him, the more you're not okay with the things that are destructive, addictions, hatred, um, you know, we could go on, offense, uh, uh, tearing each other down. It's just not okay the more you gaze at him. And then here, I, I, <laughs> this, is, this to me is just the kicker. Because we all could struggle with our hearts at times. Uh, you know, am I, am I getting this enough? Am I far enough along? Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory that we only talk about, but it's a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. In other words, love has to look like something. We know that the truth lives within us. How do we know that the truth lives within us? Because we demonstrate love in action. Do, do you get this? For, like, so often we're trying to say, am I saved or not, by looking at how much we're sinning or not. Like, that becomes our focus again. That's not, even, that's not even the solution. That's not even how your, your heart um, gets, gets, feels some security. How, how can you know? Well, because he's changing you from glory to glory, which means you're loving a whole lot more. You're making more and more choices to love. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. Check this out. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience. I hope somebody here can get excited. Like, this is, like, such good news. This is the thing that kills us. It's, you know, we we look at other people that maybe say things, bad things about us or whatever, and we can get upset about that, you know. But that might last for a week or something. I'm telling you, we're our own worst enemies, like, for much of our lives. And, and he's saying, hey, when you're in that place and you think you're a failure and you've blown it and God can't love you, I got some great news for you. God's way bigger, way bigger and more merciful than your conscience. And he knows everything there is to know about us. What? Yeah, he knows everything and it's still okay. <laughs> My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak Face to face with God. Do you see again? The only thing keeping us away from face to face is our own conviction, if you will, in the wrong truth. That, that somehow we're such a failure that God wouldn't want face to face with us. And God says, fortunately, myself inside of you, Christ in you, is bigger than that. And I'm going to bring you back around and I'm going to convince you of the truth so that we can have face to face again. Because that's all the Father wants. He wants intimacy. He doesn't want rule keeping. He wants closeness with you. Oops. This is the last verse in in John 3. And whatever we ask of him, we receive. Because we keep his commands. And by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to him. And you might be thinking, well, maybe that's not why I'm getting all my prayers answered. Because... Because I'm not obeying all the commands. No, you have to read this whole book. I just gave you a smattering from the first and third chapters. You have to read the whole book to understand that John is not equating you getting things by being good enough. He's saying because of who you are and because God's love is bigger even than your conscience that tries to put you down, because of that, you come back around and realize I am his child. Therefore, I can talk to him face to face. Therefore, my prayers are heard. See, this is all a setup. Do you guys get this? This is one big giant setup for you to succeed as a loved child of God. That's really what John's getting across here. So I thought it would be really good. I just uh, I realized that was a lot of scripture. Thanks for hanging with me. It was just so good. It's just so rich. Um, believe it or not, I took out several slides of scriptures. <laughs> I'm like, nope, you've got to have a limit somewhere <laughs> but it's so good. But I'll tell you what, nothing replaces, like this is all good scripture, and if you leave this place and say, wow, that was really good, I think I believed most of what he had to say, um, but you don't really do much about it, it's, you know, it's possible that you go right back out and get discouraged real quick. And so what I love doing is in the moment, let's, let's actually spend a little tender time with the Lord. So check out this uh, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. This is, this is talking about your, the price paid for you. You were not liberated. Liberated means freed. You, and again, not just freed from sin, but freed from the, the ancestor's way of life that in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, was all about keeping rules. He says you're freed from all that, not by anything perishable like silver or gold from the empty lifestyle you inherited, but... Uh, instead, you were liberated by the precious blood of Christ, like that of a faultless, spotless lamb. There it is. There's that pure, spotless one that we get to gaze on. Um, I would, uh, if I could have the the uh, those who are doing the ushering to to hand out the the bread first. We're going to um, we're going to take it together. So we're going to pass the bread out first. Just take take a piece if you by the way we we just want to be sensitive to those that are gluten-free and we speak total healing to your body in Jesus name and uh, so the crackers that you see in there are gluten-free if you'd rather take a cracker instead of a piece of bread but go ahead and uh, Todd you could start playing anytime you're ready Yeah, go ahead and start passing out, but go ahead and hold it, and we're going to take it together. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus, even now, as... As we are taking um, this bread that represents for us your body, your flesh that was torn, your sacrifice, your willingness to say to the Father, Yes, Father, yes, Father. See, this is the light, Jesus. You were in the light. When you were on the cross, you were in the light. And your willingness. To say yes to the Father is one of the things we see in you that is the light. It's one of the reasons we're so attracted to saying yes to our Father because we've seen you, we've watched you, Jesus. And I don't, just right now, the Lord's showing me there, there are some of you, as we're before we take this, that there's just something that uh, the Lord wants you to say yes to. And I don't know what that is. It, it, for some of you, it may just be yes that he is—he is able. You know, he's able. He's able to set you free. Maybe for others, it's—it's it's a yes to something he's—he's he's asked you to do, something he's asked you to give up. I don't know. But the very strength of Jesus, the very light of Jesus, the very glory of Jesus that lives inside of you, gives you the ability to say yes to your Father. to go in deeper and deeper And so Jesus says we're, as we're holding this together we do thank you as we're holding the bread we do thank you Jesus We thank you for your sacrifice Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't die. You didn't die for us only just for our sins to to, uh, be paid for, which you did. You did that, Jesus. But you didn't die just to take something away. You died to give us something. You died to give us intimacy with our Father. And so as we're taking this bread now together, we say yes. Yes, Father. Yes. In deeper, Lord. (laughs) Lord, we want the light. We choose your light. We want fellowship with you and with one another the way you've intended it. God, we want to do life with your shared reality. The only one that has life. Your life, God, in everything that we do, because anything less than that, and we're not—we're not enjoying all that Jesus paid for. So let's go ahead and pass the, the juice out of the cups, and as our, these are being passed again, just hold them, but still try to stay in a place of uh, just a place of tenderness, of your heart being tender before the Lord. we acknowledge that your blood has more power, more power in one drop of your blood than all the power of this universe combined. Jesus, there is nothing that your blood could not pay for in full. And you purchased us. Whatever we think are the most valuable things on this earth, you say my blood was so much more valuable than that. That's the price I paid for you. That is your value. This is what you are worth to me. You're worth my life. You're worth everything to me. I'd like us... um, Instead of just reading straight through this, just we're just going to kind of do this one, one bullet at a time. So together, can we just say, thank you, Jesus, that by dying for my sins, you have given me the full ability to step into the light and enjoy face-to-face intimacy with my heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just let that one soak in. Everything to step into the light and enjoy face-to-face intimacy. And I'd like us together to drink this cup of grace, which is the acknowledgement that Jesus has done it all and that our life belongs to him. So let's drink of the Lord, the sweetness of Jesus, the sweetness of Jesus, the sweetness of Jesus, who is transforming you, transforming each one of us into his very likeness. (laughs) And now we're going to, we are going to say the the rest of the the three of these together, but this is what I want us to do before we say them, because it's really about, prayer it's really about opening up your heart right now to Jesus. He's got us all tenderized and so I want I want I want just for us to give him permission and access to our hearts. And we're going to take some time Todd's going to sing over us for a few minutes and any of these that really hit you any of these you can pray into them. Just go further into them as you as you spend time with the Lord. So let's go with the second one there. Father Keep my heart tender towards you. I give you permission to show me any areas of my life that need to come into your purifying light. I am the one you love. So have conversations with him face to face right now.
1: my back you throw your arms around me and say you are my son my daughter don't forget you put a ring upon my finger you put a robe upon my back you throw your arms around me and say you are my son my daughter don't forget you put a ring you put her rub upon my back You throw your arms around me and say You are mine And I am the light in you Oh, I am the light in you, I am the way There be love When you speak, the mountains rise and fall, it tears down every wall around me. When you speak, breathe upon the dust, you come alive in us. you silence every tear, you feel your spirit here around us. Let there be light, let there be light, until it fills up every space, come and have your way. Let there be light, let there be light. Just one word and I am changed. Come and have your way, let there be light, let there be light till it fills up every space. Come and have your way. Let there be light. Let there be light. Just one word and I am changed. Come and have your way. Now you're everything we seek. As deep calls out to deep, we will see God Display. Jesus take your place, we will see God Now you're everything we seek As deep calls out to deep, we will see God Jesus take your place We will see God Let there be light Let there be light Until it fills up every space Come and have your way Let there be light Let there be light Just one word and I am changed
0: that you are the light. We know that our Father, our Heavenly Father is the light. But you also said to us, you are the light of the world. And so we're saying, Jesus, would you cause your light to shine in us brighter and purer? Whatever the impurities are, show us and then take it away. Just tell us what our part is. What do we need to agree with? What truth do we need to agree with so that we can share your reality? So, Father, thank you for this time. And what I pray, God, is that uh, even this week, that something now I just leave within each of you, uh, a deposit, a heavenly deposit. You already have the Lord in you, but I'm saying a heavenly deposit. Wow. For for this hunger, for intimacy, a desire for a tender heart that walks more and more frequently into the light. In Jesus' name. And good timing as our children are coming back in. Um, did anybody, i uh, just curious, did anybody... Right now, just experience something um, that, that you just think would be really encouraging to share. Something about Jesus being the light. Yeah, come on up. And then also, I want to uh, let our prayer teams know that I do, I do want you up here tonight. We're going we're gonna to keep praying for people because healing is breaking out.
1: You know, for me, I've asked the Lord that, you know, I, I didn't want him to terrorize my heart, you know, I, I want to be humble and broken before the Lord, and one thing I desire so much, it is to see Papa, I don't want to miss him for anything, yeah, I need the Lord help me.
0: You know, this world tells you that that tenderness and crying and things like that are, are a weakness, but in the kingdom, it's just the opposite. It's beautiful. You know, we're all attracted when we see someone whose heart's getting tenderized, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm just encouraging you all, ask, ask. The Lord says, ask, and it will be given. Ask him to tenderize your heart. Just don't make it about what's, don't, don't, you know, your prayer shouldn't be, what's my problem? That should not be your prayer. It's just not a good prayer. But make it something like, God, tenderize my heart. I, I want to see you more. I want to I want to feel what you feel. I want I want, you know, I want more encounters with you. Tenderize me. Do whatever you need to do to my heart. Make that your prayer. He will answer that. I promise you he will. Not always in that instant. But it is answered then. It just doesn't always play out until days, weeks, months, down the road, but I promise you, you ask it, he will do it because that's a prayer he wants for you, right? So could I have the prayer teams come on up? If there's, I don't see a lot of them here, but if you're here, any of you? There's one, <laughs> there's two. <laughs> I, I'll tell you why I would love, uh, come on up. And if, um, if there are any of our, uh, you know, leaders that, that are here that want to pray for people tonight. I would love to have a few more up here. And and the reason um, we're, last week, just last week alone, I put this in the email that I sent out. Uh, Matthew and Carice experienced, I, I believe, like it was six miracles last, last week alone. Every person they prayed for was healed. Every single one. There was not one person that. One of them was carpal tunnel, completely gone. There were a couple of people. Someone with a, a, a ear, ear, hearing aid, you know, nearly deaf in one ear, and they they could whisper halfway across the room, and they could she could hear. Um, crazy, amazing, wonderful things, and that was just one one couple there, who they were praying for and we've been watching we've been watching i've been seeing over the last you know month or two there's no question a huge escalation we've always seen healings but this this feels and appears very very different and and it's kind of what i shared with you a month or two ago when i talked about two months ago when i talked about this new the jewish new year when we came in the open doors it god's always been here but th- he's making himself so accessible that's the best way i know how to say it you can find him you can touch him you can reach him so if you've been discouraged in the past I want to encourage you this is not a time to give up because he's showing up more than ever he's showing himself to those we sang this earlier to those who are he's looking to and fro to those who want him and you in this room you're here because you want him why why else would you be in a place like blazing fire you want him and he knows that so keep going keep going, keep going, all right? So if you need prayer for anything, um, I had one other word. Do you guys have a word? Any word of knowledge, anything? Um, I did have one more word, and that is, I don't know how many of you in this room are like, you know, 50 and above. I am. I'm one of those, and um, but I I was thinking about John who wrote this, you know, when he was probably in his 80s, maybe even 90s. Uh, I'm saying that if you're thinking, well, I'm just kind of on, you know, in neutral and coasting it out. I got some news for you. He, he changes. You're, you're more like Jesus. If you're, if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, especially if you've been walking with Jesus a long time, you're more like him than probably most of the people in the room. I'm telling you, he's prepared you for this hour. There are things he's going to have you do. Uh, you, you're, 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 you're not retired from the kingdom. There's no such thing. No such thing. All right, so again, if you're, if you're just feeling like you're coasting, I'm saying get ready. Get ready because he's been working your heart for a long time for such a time as this. All right, if you would like prayer, uh, please come forward. Otherwise, I bless you to enjoy each other here or to, to go home. Have some great times with the Lord this week.